You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the final installment in the Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi. Minnie Bothams died to bring you this episode tonight. It's a trap. (laughs) Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. Purpose of place. We have no great war, no great depression. They're coming to get you, Barbara. We're on a mission for God. I'll buy that for a dollar. Welcome to the party, pal. What's for that smile on that face? All right, sweethearts, you heard the man. Pull him out. Come on, let's have him. I will show you where I have made my home while preparing to bring justice. Then I will break you. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Jeremy Vincent. Yellow. So we're talking, concluding our Star Wars wrap-up here with Return of the Jedi, originally titled... Well, we're not really concluding it, because we still got... Well, it's concluding the original trilogy. Well, we're doing one more Star Wars episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, The original films. The ones that are the bread and the butter for all of us. The ones that started it all. Uh, and this original title was... Revenge of the Jedi. See, I thought it was Luke Skywalker takes a fall. Luke Skywalker takes a fall? Darth Luke. Did you ever find out why on the Revenge of the Jedi poster Luke's lightsaber was red? I think his uh, original lightsaber was going to be red. I was reading somewhere his original lightsaber was going to be red. I heard it was going to be blue, but they changed it to green because they were worried that blue over the Tatooine sky was going to blend in too much, so... They just went ahead and made it green. I mean, they may have settled on that, but I think the very first, like the very first idea when he was going to make a new lightsaber, Luke was, that they were going to go with like red. And this is the film where Lucas decided that bad guys have red lightsabers and the good guys have blue and green. I bet you this was pretty cool when you saw this in the theater. Luke bust out a green lightsaber. I bet you that blew some kids' mind. <laughs> it didn't blow my mind because this was the one like I watched the most as a kid. So. Green lightsabers? I, I remember seeing it and going, oh, wow, it's green. Really, yeah, it just it made no impact on me at all whatsoever. I was like, yep, that's the color of a lightsaber, dude. I mean, this is the only Star Wars film that came out in theaters while I was alive. But yeah, I do like this poster, though. I actually have uh, an original Revenge of the Jedi poster. It's probably like, you know, I collect posters. It's probably the crown jewel of my collection. It's a nice poster. Yeah. they uh, They actually printed them out and... That was going to be the film, the title. They went as far as, as to print it out on some posters, the original teaser with Darth Vader's head and that kind of red, blue, purple background that they have on him with Luke and him crossing very, swords. Very modern-looking poster. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool poster. I like that one a lot more than the the one they had, the, the teaser with just the, the hands coming up with the lightsaber. All you see is like Luke's hands yeah. holding the lightsaber straight up. That was the other teaser poster. It's not bad. 
I'm not I'm not actually a big fan of the artwork for most of the Jedi stuff, but I, I do like I do like the first teaser. Really? You have a problem with the Jedi artwork? I don't have a problem with it. It's just like the actual, you know, theatrical one sheet with Darth Vader standing up and like all the characters down below him. It's just it's not bad poster. It's just not as good as the other ones. I thought it was thought it fit the movie pretty well. I mean, it's just those other ones have that nice like hand-drawn like style. It's very it's almost like comic book art or like I think you said in one podcast where it looks like a romance cover. <laughs> yeah, romance novel. Cover. Yeah, they kind of all had that that look, that kind of theme, and then when Jedi came out, they kind of that one didn't fit with the other two. But I could be like just overanalyzing this to that. <laughs> possible, possible. But yeah, though this this came out was uh was a real big hit in '83, uh, made like 252 million somewhere in that ballpark. So you know, still made 50 million less than the first Star Wars, but improved upon. The Empire Strikes Back. Not bad for concluding chapter. Now, this is the concluding chapter. They have a lot of story threads to wrap up in this film. I would say this is probably most people's least favorite or most loved of the original trilogy. This is the one I feel like everyone, it kind of splits fans. You either fall in the pro-Ewok or anti-Ewok camp. Yeah, I see. I didn't have any problem with the Ewoks. I have a problem with them when they're first introduced, but then they get cool later on, so I'm okay with them. Because when they first are introduced, they're kind of, you know, they're just cuddly and weird. But they're slightly dangerous, and they are going to eat them. No, they do set up a bunch of traps and stuff, and they are super cool. Yeah. They're traps they set up for, like, every like the Empire later on in the movie. I, I love those. That's when I, the Ewoks get the pass from me. That's when I'm like, yes, go get them, Ewoks! See, I was actually, I remember... I don't know, probably in high school or whatever, when I first heard that Lucas had planned on it being a uh, planet full of Wookiees, and they just couldn't afford it, so they made it little people. And I remember being sort of disappointed because I thought the idea, like, I put way too much credit in it. I was like, oh, they made them these little cute things that you're like, oh, you're cute, but they're really kind of dangerous because they will eat you, and they will take you back to their tribe and sacrifice you to their gods or whatever. So I, I totally thought it, like, the whole time they did it on purpose. Like, we'll make these cute little things that are dangerous, and then come to find out it was an accident. And I was like, oh, well, I gave you credit you didn't deserve. I don't know. Were they were they actually going to eat R2? Because he's also, he's also tied up there. I think they were going to make a drum. Bongo, loco, 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 Whatever those freaking Ewoks. But, you know, they got rid of a lot of the, the Ewok music here. I was watching the special edition. I totally forgot they ripped out the uh, Ewok song at the end. There's that big, like, Ewok celebration, you know, in the original cut of the movie. Oh, they took all that out? Uh, well, they, they keep some of the, the celebration stuff in, but that little Ewok chant that was like, um, dum ba dum ba da ha ya dum ba dum ba da ha ya Yeah, that is gone. And it's, it's got some weird, like, uh, John Williams wrote the music, but it's got some weird stuff at the end. I'm not a big fan of the new, the new score they put in. Because now well, I don't, it goes, I don't like, Coruscant. Like, and, yeah, I don't like the new ending anyway. Like, I, I, like, I, I can understand the idea of wanting to show Coruscant now that you've got your six movies made. But Coruscant looks just like it did in episode two and three. Like... The war didn't do any, like, the war didn't bother Coruscant at all. 
What are you guys celebrating for? You like, got, you didn't even you know anything was happening. <laughs> you guys are like, there was a war? What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should celebrate. They're, they got fireworks going off. I mean, something good must have happened. <laughs> it was just an announcement. Everybody go tear the, the statue down. All right. I mean, I don't know. It's like if you're going to go, if you're going to add that shot in, at least think about it a little bit. Don't just take a shot from episode three and add in a knocking over a statue. That's probably the the one change I'd complain about the least. This one has a lot more changes in, in it than... Then Empire did. Yeah, I remember watching the special edition once and being like, oh, what did they do? Yeah, they had... And I'm the one that usually don't... I don't complain when it's, like, visually enhancing stuff, but I do complain when they start changing sequences and... Yeah, when when they start changing lines. For no reason. Yeah, like, they changed uh, Harrison Ford's line when he's going to help Lando up out of the Sarlacc pit. They changed his line. Uh, I think he said something like, I can see better, trust me. Oh, they changed it to uh, I Can See Better. Well, it was always funny because he's like, you're blind. And he's like, trust me. And it was kind of funny. And now it's like, oh, okay, well, you can see better. So I have no reason to be afraid. I don't know. I, mean, I am glad they cleaned up the Rancor. The Rancor looks awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I don't mind it when they visually enhance stuff. It's when, when stuff is changed. Like, for some reason, there's still old Obi-Wan and now there's young Anakin. It's like... <laughs> Come on. I don't know why they did that one. That was, that was a not good decision there. And, you know, I can understand the thought process behind, okay, the war is over. Let's show Coruscant and some of the other planets celebrating. But if you're going to do that, like, make the planets look like the war has taken a toll on them, you know? Yeah. Don't make them look exactly like we saw them in episode yeah. one. You're like, wow, man. This- Age them up. Make them look like, you know, this has been a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of weird. The Kurosawa, yeah, it is. It is completely like still Blade Runner looking. Yeah, they should have had some buildings like toppled over, and you know, or just you know, you see ruins. some like abandoned one looking ones, and like the people look like they're dressed in like you know robes and shit instead of like they just got out of a nightclub. Yeah, because I mean that's something Star Wars is really known for uh, is for that used universe. Yeah, having the, you know that dirty look. Well, this is you know. They should at least have some ruins, right? This you know this should have been you know after an extensive war with a rebellion and the empires putting all their money into these into this war with the rebellion, so they're not going to have money for infrastructure to make Coruscant look pretty. Show you know it, it should look like they're happy now that they have a chance to rebuild their cities and I don't know, just my opinion. Maybe it's just because the Emperor was there, and he's like, well, look, my planet's going to look awesome. <laughs> the rest of you guys are fucked. The one per- this is the 1% planet, right? <laughs> just the capital. <laughs> Coruscant's where all the 1%ers live. Bastards, let them fry. Uh. All right, we're just going to get into it. We'll uh, play the trailer, and when we come back, we'll talk Return of the Jedi. Return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. The heart of a hero. 
the courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the force. The cunning of the enemy. A destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. It's a trap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. So yes, we're back. Return of the Jedi. This film starts off right away getting us to Tatooine. When you were younger, did you realize that Jabba the Hutt was throughout the other films? I knew he was mentioned. Right? I, dude, I did not catch any of the mentions in the first Star Wars when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't catch him until I was, I was almost 10. I I remember wondering who this Jabba was, and I, I sort of always imagined him before I actually saw him as a you know like a gangster dude, like a dude dude, not a not a another space slug. <laughs> yeah, not a giant slug with a guy sitting in his lap. He's dripping out C three PO's eye. I love that. Oh. oh, but man, when I was a kid, Return of the Jedi was the bomb. Like, it wasn't until I was like older that I went, "Oh wow, Empire's way better." Yeah, I yeah, I'll, I'll admit this was when I was a kid. This was the one I I probably watched this one more than the rest. And I remember being sort of weirded out by the Luke Vader fight at the end. Like, I sort of didn't get it. And then I remember at a certain point, probably, you know, around 13 or so, it's kind of clicking and going, oh, I get it now. And then, it, like, the whole, like, dynamic changed of understanding what was going on. And Yeah, I think I always liked it as a kid just because it was it's probably the fastest paced out of, out of the three of them. There's very little talking. It's very quick to the point. I mean, they got so much story to tell in this one. Yeah, and it, it's the answers to all the tie-ups. You know, it's is Luke gonna be able to beat vader is is he gonna turn to the dark side who is the other you know who's leia gonna go home with yeah finally what well, she look like in a bikini <laughs> um <laughs> what does she look like as a slave i you know you, you, you barely clad woman you leave empire Hans in carb frozen in carbonite being delivered to Jabba the Hutt. Luke's got his hand cut off. Leia's about the only one that's still functioning. Now the thing I always wondered, like, okay, when you watch Empire Strikes Back, Lando and Chewie they leave on the Millennium Falcon. They they go do their thing. Right. We catch up with them. Lando's already in here. And I'm sorry, he's in Jabba Hutt's hut. And then Chewbacca comes in. Leia brings in Chewbacca. Like, what were those guys doing? Uh, I always thought it was Luke's plan. They would all go in, strategically place themselves, and then Luke would show up, and they would get Han and them out. 
I do like that Luke gives Jabba, like, he gives him, like, three, two or three chances. Uh, this is a much different Luke. To get out of the situation. Than we last saw. Which, okay, that's another thing. I, I was not a big fan of the jump in, in time. Last time we saw Luke, he was... He, he was, was sort of humbled. He was, he was a kind of a Jedi. Not really. Not he really. A, he was a Jedi with training wheels. <laughs> and then this movie, he's, like, straight up deflecting things with his lightsaber, which was freaking amazing. I, I love that. Seeing that for the first time, that was really, really cool. Like, knowing that you could do that with a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the, that's the best thing that they added combat-wise in this movie for me. Like, man, that just blew my mind. I read an interesting take on, and I, I, I can't say I disagree with it. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with it, but I can't say I disagree with it. Um, take on how Luke presents himself at the front of this movie. And this guy's opinion is that during the hiatus between Empire and Return to the Jedi, actually starting from the moment Luke goes into the cave in Empire and cuts off Vader's head, you see his own head, he is on the path to the dark side. He just doesn't know it yet. When we see him, he's arrogant in the Force. He thinks, okay, I've learned all this, I'm a badass, but he's still on the path to the dark side because of his arrogance. And throughout the movie, like everything he does is leading him further and further into the dark side until the very end, and he realizes it, and that's when he throws his sword down. And that's why it's called Return of the Jedi. What? Why isn't it called Return of the Jedi? Because, you know, there's a Jedi returning. Because at that moment, that according to this guy, it's at that moment the Jedi actually returns. That up until then, he's not a Jedi. He says he's a Jedi, but he's not yet. Oh, no. Yoda tells him that he's got to confront Vader. Right. Yeah. And then he'll be a Jedi. He keeps telling him, you're not ready. You're not ready. In Empire. Yeah. And then when he goes back, he says, Vader, you must confront Vader, and then you'll be a Jedi. But this guy's thing, his, his whole point of view is that when Luke shows up, he's wearing the Black Hood of the Sith... These are all things that are visually showing us that Luke is on the path to the dark side, just like his dad. He just doesn't know it yet. He Wait. lies. He says he's a Jedi when he's not a Jedi yet. Is he wearing a black cloak when he comes in? Yes. You told me that before I watched this, and man, I was having a hard time telling whether it was brown or black in the shots. I don't know. It it looks... I don't know. It It's definitely not as black as his outfit. Like, the actual clothes he's wearing. Like, his robe is, like... It, it's hard to tell. Like, some shots it looks black, and then some shots it it's, looks... It's, like, charcoal gray black, man. <laughs> Still, what? it's not the brown robe Obi-Wan was wearing, and I can see the guy's point. Luke comes in, he, yeah. for, he force chokes somebody. He's definitely not acting as if he's a nice guy. <laughs> well, he's coming in to get his friends, and he's, he's giving... He gave him a, a warning... Like, he's giving him chances to get out of it. Hey, I'm just saying that it's a plausible theory that I am not going to disagree with. And happen to... I'm not going to disagree with it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't mind it at all. I think, I think it fits the story that your hero reaches, you know, the point where... No, I don't, I don't like it because if, if that was the intention, that was not spelled out well enough. And then I don't uh... like it. If I have to have a Cracker Jack Dakota ring to understand your fucking plot... Then you did a bad job telling your story. I don't know. I think during the fight with Vader, it's pretty clear. Well, yeah. 
right then, yeah, at that moment. But for the whole movie, no, I no, I don't see that. Nah, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this was a kids' film too. Like, they should have done something to, I don't know, like if you're gonna put cute, cuddly Ewoks, well, in your movie, I don't think it's a plot point that. I think you I don't need think to, it's a thematic thing that they wanted to just drill home throughout the entire film. I don't want. I don't think they ever wanted you going. Ooh, man, I don't know if I can trust Luke anymore. I think it was something that was just sort of a subtle thing that that supported the infight with him and Vader and the Emperor taunting him. That if you look back, you're like, oh, he's kind of been moving that direction anyway. Why would you never just be I, like not say anything like, yeah, stop force choking people. That's that's not cool. You know, that's not well, what Jedi. I don't. How do you know Yoda even knows he did it? Hello, Yoda can see the fucking future, man. He can see he's what also happens. Dying. He's what? He's also dying. Well, it doesn't say he he's no longer clairvoyant. And they're, I mean, they're it, also very ready to tap Leia. That idea is not... I'm not discrediting that idea or anything like that. I'm just saying if that was the intention, it makes me like Jedi less. Like, because yeah, I think cool. the idea is there anyway when you get toward the end of the movie. and Yeah, at the end of the movie. To me, it's an interesting idea. You And I like that the dark side and the light side is a slippery slope. Much better than the way it was presented in one of those offshoot movies where this guy, like, has a bad dream. Uh, this dude has a bad dream, and then he just decides to kill everybody so he could go to the dark side and not have bad dreams anymore. You know, he showed up at a hut, his mom passed away, and goddamn, dude, sometimes you just gotta go crazy on some fucking Tusken Raiders, bro. You know? I mean, like, but watching Return of the Jedi, I remember, you know, even older, just seeing how easy it could have it could have been, like... You know, for Luke to kill Vader, turn around and say, okay, to save my friends, like, just kill the Emperor and say, okay, we're not going to kill my friends. We're going to let Leia and them go, but I'm on your side now, Dad. Like, he's that close to slipping into that never-ending slope of evil, but Luke is able to throw this weapon down. Well, I mean, the dark side is the easier path to go. Right. You know, so, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is I like that slippery slope that Jedi presented way more than how they showed it in episode three um so with that well yeah i mean i'm not gonna discredit this guy's theory that the reason luke is way different from the way we saw him in empire strikes back is that he's dealing with this idea that his dad is darth vader he's holding a lot of anger that's leading him down the path of the dark side he doesn't know it and it's not till the end of the movie that he figures it out. Yeah, I'm not discrediting that idea. I mean, that could totally be it. But if that's true, it was poorly executed in the film. It's executed in Empire. When they, when they show you, you have that flashback scene, you get that training montage. That's how you execute that idea. And then you show it to the audience, and it's visually interesting. Jedi did none of that. Although, to be fair, part of the problem is... I mean, I love these Star Wars movies. I really do. So, internet fanboys, please do not take me to town on this. But he—he's a fanboy. Don't let him yeah. exclude himself from that. I got—I got—I uh, got the, all the action figures and posters. He's, he's and, drinking from the skull of a stormtrooper as we speak. That's right. We're getting all uh, getting all ready here. Return of the Jedi does suffer a little bit from just it's—it's it's so bloated. It's so much going on in this movie. Well, I meant to bring over all over the place. I I know you hate me mentioning the Star Wars books, and the only one I've ever read is Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. I don't mind you bringing them up Um, as long as it's not like. 
at the beginning to explain something in the movie. Well, no, but at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, there's a a forenote from George Lucas saying that it was the hardest one to write because it had all of the loose ends that they had to answer. To answer it all within a reasonable amount of time and keep it interesting was very hard. You know, none of the Star Wars films are over two and a half hours in length either. What's going on here, Hollywood? Why do we have to make epics that last three hours? Like those Star Wars movies? What, two hours? The longest one's like two hours of the original trilogy, two hours, ten minutes? Longest one? You know, like, I mean, there you go. It's Which, which is the longest Star Wars movie? I think it's Return of the Jedi is the longest, I'm pretty sure. Even... Can, with the, the prequels, I I don't know about like I don't know about the prequels, and I don't know that, and I don't know like with special edition footage added. I think originally it was the longest. I don't know now. Because I think Revenge of the Sith Correct is myself. the longest. Yeah, probably. I would believe that because that one's like two weeks long. I don't watch those as much as I probably should, but I try to pretend like they don't exist. <laughs> Man, I saw Episode One when it was re released in 3D, brother. Took so, a hey, kid to that. I took I took my son to it. Thought he would love it. Left the theater, walked to the car, and went, Dad, can we go home and watch a real Star Wars movie now with Han Solo in it? Oh, really? Yeah, no, dude. Kid loved Episode 1. Now, he is a freak for Episode 3. but He he, he can't get enough of Episode 3. Yeah, I haven't shown him that one yet. And then when I try to explain, like, well, son, this has so many plot holes, he's like, Dad, I have no idea what you're talking about. Stop killing my buzz. I'm like, all right. <laughs> What's a plot hole? And can we just plug it up? <laughs> Shut up, Dad. They have lightsabers. <laughs> they, sh- they should be like our answer for everything on this podcast. Shut up, dude. There's lightsabers. Come on. Shut up. What are, you, what are you talking about? Who fucking cares that this guy over here is doing that over there and it doesn't line up over here? They have lightsabers. God damn it. What do you want? I, that actually is one of my complaints of the, the prequels is uh, there's too many lightsabers. Yeah, well, if everybody has lightsabers and they're not special anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. So since we've talked about everything but the beginning of this movie, um, Jabba's Palace. I love Jabba's Palace because of the creatures that we get in here for the first time since really the cantina scene in the first Star Wars. And I'll, I mean, dude, I'll be honest. Love even, all the aliens. Even as a kid, Jabba's Palace was my least favorite Star Wars scene. Really? I Even as a kid, like I would watch the movie, I'd be all into it. But I, I just couldn't wait for him to get outside to the rancor or to the pit thing, and I just, I don't know. Jabba's palace was always like that. Oh, dude, I loved it, man. I I loved like all the little characters like walking around in the background, and well, I mean they didn't I don't, really walk; I, they just kind of sit there. I appreciate it a lot more now as an adult, but for some reason, yeah, as a kid, like that was my that was my kind of like black hole of Star Wars. It's like, all right, come on, come on. I really, uh, the only alien I don't care much for is that the blue, the blue pillow looking thing. It looks like a blue <laughs> elephant made yeah, out of a pillow. Yeah, little blue elephant. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. A little plushy elephant. <laughs> like, what's going on there? But um, all the rest of them I really like. I don't like Bubba Fett hanging out in Jabba's Palace, though. Because oh, yeah. he seemed like he was the bounty hunter. Like, he should always be out on a mission. I always Why is kinda, he hanging out here? I even remember as a kid, like, isn't it in Jabba's Palace where the droid is turned upside down and they're burning his feet? Oh, yeah. And he's going, ah! I'm like, why do droids feel pain? I mean, and there's that one over there that's getting tortured, too. His, like, legs are getting ripped off. Right. Like, you're building these things to crawl around on spaceships and take blasts. Why would you add a pain program? 
Then you're just going to have it, go fix the wing, Art 8. Fuck you. <laughs> that was just a bizarre scene. I don't, I don't know. I think it's just little things like that, even as a kid, just kind of perplexed me. So instead of questioning the almighty Star Wars, I just was like, okay, hurry up and get past this scene. Oh, man, yeah, I liked all the costumes. I even liked uh, Leia's bounty hunter outfit when she comes in and she brings in the mighty Chewbacca. Chisa, Picha, Wonky Chewbacca. A little confused on what Luke's plan was. R2 knew it because he knew when to get ready and shoot the... Yeah, I like how he snuck the lightsaber in with R2. I like that. That's cool. So R2 knew what the plan was. Yeah, he's on the up and up. So was Le- was Luke's plan, Leia, take Chewbacca in, you're going to get caught. Ha- Lando's already in there undercover. I'm going to send the droids as a gift. Then know that their punishment would be the Sarlacc pit. And that the barge would be there for R2 to shoot the lightsaber to Luke when he jumps off of the... I mean, it doesn't matter because Luke can just, you know, force grab it out of R2 anyway. So you, so. Think, you, or you think it was just as simple as, okay, you're going to take Chewbacca in. You're offering him to, to Jabba. Yeah. Jabba will let you hang around his palace then. You go sneak and let Han out. If I don't see you guys by in the morning, I'll come get you. I guess, I guess yeah, they're probably going for a subtle approach there. The whole thing's confusing because it starts off with Luke and he gives them the droids. Now, if he didn't give Jabba the droids in that beginning scene, I'd be like, oh, well, then he's just trying to actually get Han Solo. When he plants the droids there, he's sneaking the lightsaber in under Jabba's nose. Yeah. So I don't really know what his plan was. I don't know if, like, this was all orchestrated or if at some point well, I mean, it was supposed to go a nonviolent route. Well, I mean, it's obviously he's taking it the we're going to infiltrate and then kill all of them. Because it did seem like he was actually trying to give him, like, a, a peaceful out there. And it just didn't go over well. Do you, do you think he believed Jabba would do that? You know, Jabba did not seem like the kind that was just going to let somebody walk out with, you know. He, he seemed like a, like a regular gangster. Like an earthbound gangster. You know, See, I, think, I think Luke understood that when he went in. I think the only thing that surprised him was the Rancor pit. Worst special effects in the entire trilogy. The Rancor monster. That is just... It's a puppet that's matted in there. It's not the worst special effect in the entire trilogy. It is. It, it is not. If you look at some of the, the the aliens in the cantina in the first Star Wars, some of them are laughable. But it's, it's different because it's a shot. It's a two-second shot. This is a whole scene where an actor is interacting with a puppet. And, dude, those mat lines are like... It's, 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 it's bad mat work. It is, but it is some terrible. Like I love all the special effects in this movie. Watching the original cut of this, God, forgot how terrible the scene is. Uh, yeah, but when a man, I didn't care. Like when I was watching it as a kid, and he stuck that stick in its that bone in its mouth. I was oh no, like, yeah, oh, watching it as freaking a kid, awesome. But even as a kid, like during the cantina scene, I was like, "What's the dude in the like nineteen fifty space costume doing? Oh, he's on the wrong set." I always liked those guys. The werewolf with the red eyes, and you know, it's just like, what? What are these dudes doing here? I don't know, man. It's most Eisley, dude. But they don't serve droids. We don't serve your kind here. Good, cause I don't drink my kind anyway. Good, cause I don't drink. I'm a droid. 
dumbass. You live in the fucking galaxy far, far away. You don't know that? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Long day. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, the Jabba scene's cool. Boba Fett dies like a little bitch. This is another thing that we're going to have to just disagree on. Like, that never bothered me growing up. Like, never. I have never even thought twice about Boba Fett's death until you mentioned it yesterday. What? Really? Yeah, I, I always hated the way he died. Blind Han Solo accidentally hits his blaster pack. He hits a wall and then falls to his death. Dude, you died like one of the three Stooges was going to die. <laughs> like, Curly is, was accidentally going to cause Moe's death. I don't know. I think... I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. I was never... Growing up, I never really got that fascinated with Boba Fett. To me, he was just always the bounty hunter that took Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. He was not a main character. He was not even like a substantial side character. He died like a small character would die. It never he died like a me. little bitch, man. Like, I'm like, look, you you watch Empire, and he's like super awesome. He's out. He's out thinking Han Solo. He does a good bounty hunter gig, and on top of that, Darth Vader shows him respect. Which also made him cool. Somebody hits a button on his rocker pack and he whoo, goes flying off. And I don't know. It's just it always it always bothered me. Dad never even put a second thought into it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Despise it. I really like the the Java sequence. I like how it ties in, gets us back in with uh, Han Solo. Now I do remember like it. And don't get me wrong. Like I loved Return of the Jedi growing up. Like. But even as a kid, like, after the Jabba scene, I was always a little disappointed. Like, as soon as we get back to Yoda, he dies. I'm like, damn it, I want some more, like, Jedi training. And I'm not a big fan of it. I, number one, I could never understand what the fuck that little crazy Muppet was saying. He's like, eh, I'm, I'm dying. I got my death voice. When I was a kid, I couldn't understand him. I really, I didn't have a problem. Death horse. Harm in your family. Pass on what you have learned. Dude, spit it out. Come on, man. I know you're on your deathbed, literally, but come on. Let's get to the point. Wrap it up. Can you write it down on a piece of paper? He'd be writing it out, and the why would just be like, Aah! I do remember asking my dad, okay, well, if Yoda's dead, why can't he come back as Blue Ghost and talk with Obi-Wan and Luke? Well, it just makes no sense, okay? Like... And my dad's like, because when you die in the force, you got to spend a certain amount of time dead before you can come back as a ghost. Oh. Well, why does he take his clothes with him? Obi-Wan in the first Star Wars movie, clothes and lightsaber left there. Darth Vader goes through them. Now, Muppet Yoda, when he dies, he's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these. <laughs> I'm not dying naked, guys. Because not- Yoda wasn't going to die naked, and he's <laughs> that powerful with the force. Don't question it. I don't, I don't want you to see my little green weenie, okay? I do sort of wish. I know that they, they threw in the Leia as his sister to to answer the who is the other loose end from Empire. Yeah, who's the other hope? That's, or I sort of wish they would have just left that out. Yeah, well, they don't do anything with it. Yeah. It comes up one time at the end fight, and that's it. That's it. it does, they do nothing with it. Because you could have had, you know, Vader taunting him with Leia without saying, Sister! You could have had Vader say, If you won't turn, then maybe one of your friends will. Like, Leia. Although, to be honest, Princess Leia 
Carrie Fisher has nothing to do in this movie. She is given very little to do in this movie. I mean, are you kidding? She's the one that makes the bond with the Ewoks. Yeah, that's which what she does. Wins the war. Luke and Han and Leia. We actually get them all together in outer space to do some Star Wars stuff. Right, we're off at Tatooine. I did like how the Jabba's palace on Tatooine. I did like the how they went to Tatooine in the beginning of the movie again. I that was a nice callback. And it gave Harrison Ford that really great line where he's like, yeah, you're going to die here. I think my eyes are getting better. Instead of a big dark blur, I see a big light blur. There's nothing to see. I used to live here, you know. You're going to die here, you know. Convenient. Just stick close to Chewie and Lando. I'm taking care of everything. Oh, great. <laughs> I, always, I always love that line. So there's the lady that gives the great speech about the Botham spies dying. Oh, yeah. Which I always, I love that. I was like, many Bothams died to bring us this information. I was always like, man, what, what is a Botham? What is that? I, I got to know what a Botham is. They're, you can look them up. on. We'll, we'll put some stuff in the show notes for you guys. You can look them up on Wikipedia. Um, it, it's kind of uneventful, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes so you guys can see a Botham so I don't have to describe a Botham to you. And then we get uh, Admiral Atbark explaining that the Death Star... There is another Death Star that's being constructed. Now, outside of Ewoks, I think the next biggest like thing that everybody goes on about the concluding chapter here of the Star Wars trilogy is, man, why, why is it another Death Star? Why do they bring that back? A lot of people feel like that's lazy. I'm okay with it just because... I was fine with it. Man, it looks awesome, dude. And it's bigger. They say it's bigger, but I don't... I can't really tell that it's bigger, though. Well, it's in space. Of course, you can't tell. But it's bigger. They said it's going to be bigger, and it's more powerful. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's like, why complete it, dude? It looks cool half done. Look, the weapon fires. Let's just use it like this. It looks it looks crazier. Uh, and just, man, like, all the detail that you can see through it. The model that they, they built this huge Death Star model that was gigantic. And I think it was the one project that ILM was constantly working on. Uh, when any, anybody was free with anything else, it'd be like, oh, go work on the half-completed Death Star model. And they're just constantly plugging away at it. And I think it, didn't they say it was five feet tall? Yeah. Man, just insane. Like that, So they, have, they constructed a five-foot Death Star in this film. So some amazing work right here. They actually built that. I like how we get this, we get set up here on this new mission. Middle sequence right here. Kind of transitions us in for the rest of our movie where we go into indoor. Although I do like that scene on the Imperial shuttle when Han Solo's telling Chewbacca to fly casual. <laughs> I like. I have no idea what Chewbacca is saying. Vader's on that ship. Now don't get jittery, Luke. There are a lot of command ships. <laughs> keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. <laughs> I don't know. Fly casual. <laughs> I was just looking up on Wikipedia because I didn't want to get it wrong. And then I double-checked Wikipedia. Do you know how much time has supposedly passed between the end of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? It's like six months to a year, right? It says a year. Yeah, that's what I always heard, six months to a year. I always heard it was like six months. Yeah, six months to a year. I don't know what the official, like, George Lucas StarWars.com. But years, like... God damn, man, why didn't y'all go get Han sooner? <laughs> well, you know, he has been in that block of ice for a while. You know, his eyesight hasn't returned, so... They called it out on the the commentary 
and I never thought about it once before, but now that they called it back, I, I called it out. I cannot stop thinking about it. When he comes out of the carbonite, that shine effect, and Dennis Muir on the commentary is just like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all, but I've seen it copied so much. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why? How is there light in there? It's melting off of it. That doesn't make any sense at all. Fucking Star Wars. I remember thinking that, like, where's the light coming from? Never never once thought it, just watched it, enjoyed it. It's like, oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's what that's what carbonite does when it comes off your body. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it emits light. Yeah. And he's sitting on there like, he's like, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. But, uh, you know, it's what we had to do. So uh, there it is. It's been copied a whole lot. Doesn't make sense in those other movies either. Film language. Sometimes we just all accept things as reality and we're on board. We get into Shuttle Tigerian. We're off to Indoor. The battle in the Redwood Forest. I This is my favorite scene in the entire film. This, the speeder bike chase is incredible, dude. I love this. It's a real marvel of just ingenuity, uh, smart thinking, and it is exciting. Man, they're moving so fast. Like, uh, it's exciting, but it, the anxiety... You just constantly feel like you're going to get hit by a tree at any second. They're just going by so quick. I like how, like, all the speeder bikes, like, yeah, like, some of them get shot. You know, Luke shooting at some of them. But, like, no, some of them just wreck into trees. That speeder bike POV and those now, trees how many, fly by. How many times as a kid man, did you get on your bike and ride through some trees with a toy lightsaber and a blaster and pretend to be on a speeder bike? I never did that. Oh, your childhood is incomplete. Man, yeah, I guess. No, I never, Your I never childhood did. is incomplete. Your father has done well, but your childhood is incomplete. If I did, I think probably it would have would have been more of an E.T. moment. And it's really cool, too, because, you know, Steadicam at this point was not really that big of a thing. It was used on The Shining in 1980. This is 83. Um, they actually got the guy that invented the Steadicam rig out there. And they shot these plates, especially the ones, like the POV ones that are going straight through the trees. And the guy's just, he's just walking through the Redwood Forest with the Steadicam rig, shooting one one frame, what was it, one frame every minute or something, or one frame a second? Yeah, it was one frame a second. One frame a second, I think is what they said. And that could equivalent to like 120 100 miles. miles an hour. Yeah, that's crazy, you know? It's like, wow. Because that entire sequence, that is all special effects. That entire sequence, it, none of it was shot. I mean, well, it was all shot, but it's all mats and c- composites, and man, it just it looks so good. And it, even still, when you say Return of the Jedi, I think of Luke just in that speed bike. Oh man! And the way it ends too, like we were talking about the lightsabers and him dodging the blaster bolts when he gets knocked off that speeder bike, and that that one trooper comes around for him. He doubles back around the tree. And he just he's coming at Luke, and oh man, the way Luke is just dodging those. I never cared much for how he chopped off the front of the uh, the, the speeder bike, though. He looks like he's holding a baseball bat. I always just took it that he was swinging with all he had. I don't know when he's blocking the bolts earlier in the scene. It just seems like he's it's so effortless then. And then when he goes to swing down, it's I don't know. It's like it's a different style. See, I don't know. Luke's style with a lightsaber always seems sort of. Baseball batty anyway. Swing with all you got, brother. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's some times where I feel like 
in the series where he's got it under control and he you can see his confidence and I don't know. I don't know how well trained obviously Luke's you know, Mark Hamill was not a fencer, so I don't know. Food for thought. It's just something I noticed. Two, remember that like when they were filming these movies, Mark Hamill used to beg Lucas, can can I use the lightsaber with one hand? And Lucas told him, no, only Vader can use it with one hand because he's half machine. Remember, these things are really heavy. And there's a dinner with five with Mark Hamill on it where he's complaining about when he saw the prequels and he sees them out there with one hand. He's like, George, we begged, can we do this with one hand? And he said, no, always with two hands because they're really heavy. I want, I, want, I want to talk to the little kid, Brian Elkins. You're pretty much talking to him. No, 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 no. I want to talk to the little kid, Brian Elkins. Let me go wake him up. The one that loves Return of the Jedi. We're watching the movie. It's the attack on the Death Star. And you see all of those ships come in and make that evasive maneuver. What did you think? Oh, man, yeah, this is still... This is the best space battle. Of all time? Uh, (laughs) I don't know about that. I have to think about all the science fiction movies that there are, but... This is the best one in the in the Star Wars universe. Oh, I remember just being just like, and still today, like I get chills when all they all like dun da 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 da, it breaks off and the music dun da 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 da. Yeah, and you get like you get all the cool ships in this one. Like you get the A wing, the B wing, just the drama that builds is just. And then when uh, the Emperor's up there, and you kind of know, oh, it's a trap. Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector twenty-seven. It's a trap. They're all going to die. Ugh, and you're just going, how are they going to get out of it? How are they going to get out of it? How are they going to get out of it? I was just, ah, even today, like. We're talking about that scene. We skipped over one massive thing that I hated as a child. Speaking of little me, Lando Calrissian took Han Solo's fucking ship. No, he didn't. He fucking took it, man. Nope. Han did not want to give it up, bro. He did not. But he had to. Look, dude, when I was a kid and I saw this, I was a little mad at Billy D. Williams. Well, you know it was his ship first. Han Solo and Chewbacca should have been piloting the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but story-wise, that's Han's next step, is that Leia and them are more important than the Millennium Falcon. So I mean, yeah. I mean, So I, he has to take... Story-wise, if they did something with Han's story, I mean, I could see your point. They did. But. That's where he ends up, like... With Leia, they break the shield. They're the one. They're the reason. They he does can plot get in. stuff, but like, what do they do with his character? Like, what? What is? What is actual? Where's the scene where Harrison Ford has any kind of arc? Oh, he's he's already had his arc. Yeah, I mean, like, it's all done. He's just the Return of the Jedi is about Luke's arc. As a child, I understand. It's like it's like look, that's his. It's like Batman and the Batmobile. You know, it's like Alfred doesn't get in the Batmobile and take it off. You know. I think I just understood that he was just borrowing it. It didn't bother me until the fucker is flying through the goddamn Death Star and takes the fucking antenna dish off of it. And it's just like, you know, Lando. Well, he gets a new one. Does he? I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't where was, was that a, another special edition scene they added? <laughs> There's... It's at the parts store. <laughs> That, that guy that's got like the multiple lips and the big eyes is sitting beside Lando's like up, up there like <sighs> soldering the antenna thing on just like yeah it, I don't know they did bum me out as a kid uh, 
now i mean i don't even think anything of it it's just the way the movie is it's it's whatever but i remember being bummed out as a child about that that was like really that, yeah i had never even that was the one i think that was the one thing that and um i just remember Luke thinking, not killing darth vader those are the those are the things i had hang-ups with as a child in this film oh you think luke should have killed him oh yeah when i was a kid i was like yeah i don't i don't care if he's your dad or not just go fucking whoop his ass he took your hand bitch go go kill him man so your, your daddy is bad dude you got dark put side down. had you all the way huh man no, dude i was i was just a real tough light sider all right i was just i was real tough you know capital punishment all the way at the age of five like oh what you did what Fry him, fuck him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian would have been sitting at the side of the Emperor going, We will bring peace to the galaxy, on, I promise. Yeah, you know, five-year-old fascist me. What, what was I going to do? Uh, I was, you know. as a kid, though, I was really confused why Vader turned against the Emperor. And the other thing, I was always just completely, like, as a kid kid, until, like, teenage years when I started, like, understanding thematic things in movies where the lightning in emperor's hand came from I was no, just like, that doesn't make any sense at all it makes sense now wait it does yeah how does it make sense well it's just a thematic thing like i know it's a thematic but when they explain the force to you in empire how does it's a corruption of the force but how does that make lightning the force is just something that is, it's it's invisible that runs between us that i can manipulate like how does that make lightning yeah, I think he's just manipulating the like static electricity in the air because he doesn't have to do it. He's just doing it to torture him. He could just stop his heart. I know, but what? I I don't know. The lightning it, thing just never made any. To me, it's just a thematic thing. It's not a thing thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's Emperor wants to torture Luke. Vader doesn't want to see his son tortured. I've never been a big fan of any of the lightning in the Star Wars movies. And I agree, it doesn't make a lot of physical sense well it makes him it makes him almost too wizardy for me i mean it almost gets a little too the harry potter round i don't like that when it comes into star like i like i like it to feel magical i don't want magic in it does it make sense no because i mean there's constant magic and i mean they're moving shit with their minds and well no but it's explained though it's explained in a like a. it's like oh that's just the force man you know it's the thing that connects us all you're tapping into that. Right. And so it's explained. It's not like, hey, here goes some lightning. And it's like... I, I just always took that, like, he's pulling the electrical charge from everywhere else, and he's shooting it out to torture Luke. Lucas was like, you know, I want to throw in some fantasy elements a little bit more in here, so... The Emperor needs to be super powerful. Yeah, he kind of takes that and mo- see, honestly, motif I, a little I, bit further in Willow. I'm agreeing with you to a certain extent. Like, I don't, I don't mind the Emperor being at this level where he can shoot lightning out if he wants to. If this is the only time it happened, I could I guess I could That's live with that's it. what I'm saying. What I don't like is that it happens in other movies sort of nonchalantly. And at the at the point like in episode 2 when Dooku does it and Obi-Wan mm. just sticks his lightsaber up, it's like no big deal. It just completely killed like what it was in my head that the emperor could do. Yeah, it's like, Luke, just, dude, why did you throw your lightsaber down? All you had to do was turn it back on and just, you've been all right. Yeah, because apparently your lightsaber is just all powerful. Well, dude, it makes sense, okay? All right? If he's controlling electricity, 
And Yoda can catch it, turn a, it into a green ball, and throw it back. I just looked at it as a thematic thing because if you know if he wanted to, he could force choke him. If he wanted to, he could just stop his heart. It was a thematic thing of I'm t- I want to torture you for not turning to the dark side, dude. When are we gonna make scanner Jedi's that just start going around blowing people's heads up at will? I would totally watch that movie. To take a David Cronenberg scanner. The Emperor could. <laughs> yeah, and like we'll just combine that with Star Wars. It would be a masterpiece. We sort of skipped over a little funny part. We skipped over a lot of stuff. People have seen Return of the Jedi. They know they know what it is. But what are your thoughts on Luke using the force to lift C three PO up in the air to make him the golden god instead of just using the force to untie the ropes? I mean, it, it's smart. You know, he ends up manipulating the he gets, dumb tribal he, he Ewoks. Gets, he gets allies that win the war. So let's 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 talk about. You know, we hinted at it a little bit in the beginning of the podcast. We didn't really go through like the whole Ewoks and and their evolution. <laughs> I like the Ewoks. I I like the Ewoks. Okay, when they're first presented in their cute, cuddly little form, just they're they're, they're just little mini teddy bears. You know, with spears. Yeah, that blink now. That that tri- the Ewoks blinking in the special edition. That really that that's kind of creepy. I've seen it so many times where Ewoks do not blink. They don't have eyelids. And then when they blink their eyelids, it's kind of like, "Oh, whoa, what what just happened? What's <laughs> what's going on with your eyes, dude? What what in the world? It it is it's a little off-putting the first time you see it, but after a couple times it's just, you know, it is what it is. But how they make the empire fall. They single-handedly without them it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> this mission would have failed. That shield generator on the base of Endor would never have gone down without mm, the Ewoks. May the Force be with you. A lot of people have a huge problem with that. See, I have a problem with the cute little Ewoks when C-3PO is telling the story and you see the little Ewok, little baby. I could have lived without that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, I could have totally, totally like, could have done without the whole C-3PO's the Golden God. Because, dude, if they didn't bring the protocol droid, because why is the protocol droid even coming along in the first place? But if they hadn't brought him, they would have been up shit creek. I, I think by that point, they're just, they're lucky. Bring the droids. They're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They kind of, they always help. I don't understand why you bring R2, because, like, R2-D2 is, like, he's a MacGyver of droids. He's a Swiss army knife. He's got everything. And he doesn't there. go anywhere without his buddy, man. Yeah, I, I get, you know, I, yeah. wonder why he's got a red arm in the new movie. What? No, dude. What I, the hell? You've seen the trailers, man. I, I I've watched the trailers very sparingly. I've just looked at the toys. I have not. I didn't. I've not seen the new R two toy. I don't even know if they put one out yet. So no, yeah, dude. I'm trying to stay as spoiler free for this new movie as possible. Hell, I thought we talked about that when the tr- the first teaser came out and that first shot of C three PO. You see, he's got a red arm. Wait, C three PO's got the red arm. I thought you were talking about R two D two. No, 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 no. C three PO. Oh, I haven't seen that in any of the uh, the artwork. Like I said, I've been I've been trying to keep been trying to keep spoilers. I'm gonna go in with a really fresh take on the new movie. I don't want anything to warp my fragile little mind into thinking one way or the other. I don't want to read any reviews or any of that stuff. I'm gonna go as spoiler free as I can. I say that, and I got like Captain Phasma and Kylo Ren and BB-8 over there just chilling on my shelf. <laughs> I need to get a uh, Finn and and uh, Poe. I'm having trouble finding them, but uh, you know, baby steps in the collector's world. Okay, so the Ewoks—they're a little too cute for me as a kid. They're definitely too cute for me as an adult. 
But what I what I really love is when the actual battle starts happening and the ATST chicken walkers start running around blowing up everything. I love all the traps they set. I love when the, well, the logs it, come <clears throat> down. See, I thought it was a very I thought it was a cool little story technique. The Empire is ready for your technology. The Ewoks have no technology, so they're able to kind of sneak under the Empire's radar. Glide around and drop rocks. Well, it's it's just it's not what they're trained to fight against, you know? Totally on board with all that. Um and I don't have a problem with it being very coincidental that there just happened to be some Ewoks that are gonna help these you know, help our heroes out. No, it's destiny. I'm okay with all that. And to me it was it was always destiny. It, it it's poetic sense. David brings down Goliath. Dude, it did break my heart when that one Ewok. Oh. Mama. There's there's two of them. The one gets up and you're just like, oh, it's okay. But then that freaking crying sound it makes, dude, just Aww. breaks your heart, man. Yeah, I gotta admit. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to see the cute little teddy bears die. That's fucked up, man. And it's weird because it's just, it's really just that one moment. And it's really serious and it's sad and it's like okay okay all right moving on back to but i thought it was a good moment i mean it shows you you know even in this space fantasy the casualty of war for a second yeah no i mean i really liked it um it's just weird that they didn't like i feel like if you put that scene in in a movie now we would have had like we would have shown you know it'd been a montage of ewok death (laughs) you know (laughs) overkill well everything gets overkilled nowadays but no, we just get like you know, nice little shot. Like yes, there's some body counts, and they, you know, it's just one of those moments that yeah, yeah, they are little teddy bears. But I don't know, man. I, I feel bad when they die. I mean, it's the David and Goliath thing that these little cute teddy bears are going to help the rebels win the war. And then I found out it was supposed to be a, an army of Wookies, and I was like, oh, when 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 there's a story you love, a movie you love, a book you love, you put more into the story than the actual writers did to it. You've got, you know, fans that are explaining, like, why lightsabers are this color and why this is this and what Luke was doing here and all the spinoff books and comic books. And all of that is spawned from love of the original trilogy. Absolutely. And when you, when you love a story that much, you, you, you credit it for things that, you know, they were just trying to make a movie. Um, we just had a conversation about, you know, Luke wearing a black robe at the beginning and he's arrogant. Could this be a... And more than likely, it was, you know, what would be cool is put him in a robe. He should look like a, like a priest. Obi-Wan was in a robe? Let's, let's put this guy in a robe. Sure, yeah, yeah, you know. See, I was always confused on the Jedi robes, though. Because, like, I understood Obi-Wan, he wore a robe because he was on Tatooine. Everybody on Tatooine wore robes, even Uncle Owen. Yoda, he's, you know, he's on Dagobah, and he's, like, two foot tall. He's in rags. I never understood that why yeah. when we went back, like, all the Jedis dressed like they lived on Tatooine. I didn't know that was like official Jedi garb. I don't think it was until those prequels came out. Yeah, those those prequels I feel like retconned quite a bit in the Star Wars universe. You know, things that you'd lived with and you'd seen a certain way for so long, and then when those came out, you're just like, wait a minute, what? I don't know how we've gotten through fucking, this is our third Star Wars podcast, and we haven't even talked about like midi-chlorians. Because and... that doesn't exist. Well, I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, you're... You're retconning your universe. Why? You know? Like, you, you just took all the magic out of what you had, and you made it... Yeah, you got super blood. Your super blood means that you can throw shit around with your fucking mind. 
It's like, wait, what? Wait, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I've mentioned it before, but I have to mention it again. The uh, Mr. Plinkett reviews <laughs> Star Wars Episode Three when he's going through his list of how how to catch Palpatine and his all the chances the Jedi have to stop Palpatine. He gets to number eight, and he's like, Midichlorian count, check his blood. <laughs> if it's high in Midichlorian count, you know he's up to something. Yeah, things that uh, you don't even all have Star to- Wars fans hate. You can just watch the... <sighs> I will say, you know, the original trilogy, there's there's some things, there's some moments where, like, you know, logic is, you know, not always there. But, but... it's always in ways that you just don't care. Yeah. You're just like, all right, cool. <laughs> or it's like, you know, it's like it happens so fast, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I'm down for that, you know. Or, the characters are so interesting. Well, Everything that's, what, on... that's what it's about, you know, is the characters. Yeah. You don't have time to question that. You don't want to question that. Right. Honestly, I think Lucas was trying his best to give us very rich and detailed stories. But by doing so, he lost track of what made the original Star Wars trilogy. It was these characters that were just... You wanted to you wanted to be around them for another two hours. You wanted to see their next adventure. And they were simple stories. And yeah, you know, in Empire, you introduced some you know, plot elements that thickened the plot. But it never got so complicated that you couldn't follow it. It was always very simple. There wasn't, you know, strategic plans all over the place that didn't make sense. I think he got so sidetracked on trying to make it a dense story that he forgot to make the characters interesting. Half the problems with the prequels, too, is I feel like there's 40 minutes of fucking story there, and the rest is just filler. No, yeah. You know, it's like, it's stuff that I don't... And it's it's filler with... It's not just filler with filler it's filler with these lines that are dropped that you feel like they should mean something but you're like well wait a minute i'm so now you're confusing me dude i still don't understand what the fuck happens in episode two like how the fuck do those clones get made who's making those clones where's the money coming from they're getting paid does the republic not fucking know when they're like hey we just wrote a check for half a trillion dollars um so in other news, like, wait, what? Half a trillion dollars? Well, I guess it would be credits. Sorry. Yeah. Lost to, all my Star Wars to, points. There to quote Mr. Plinkett, number one and reason, one number one or two and ways to catch Palpatine, check into the clone troopers more than not at all. <laughs> it's just like, how does that happen? Like, it's just a massive plot hole that. It, you know, yeah there, yeah, there should have been like this huge meeting in the Senate with the Jedi, and they're going, okay, who authorized this? <laughs> yeah, and there's a, like there's that weird line that like Sam Jackson drops at one point where he's like, tell the Senate or inform the Senate that our ability to use the Force has diminished. What? What are you talking about? Why? Why is it diminished? Because somebody was blocking their ability to use the Force. You have that ability? Well, then and- just. Do that to that person. Right. Or or try to read that person's mind, and if they're blocking you from reading their mind, they're probably your guy you're looking for. I don't understand. Like, sometimes the Jedis are like X-Men, like they're Professor X. They, like, know everything. They can do it. And then other times they're really stupid. Uh, In the prequels, they come across really dumb. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... don't, mm. 
Maybe I know. I've heard, I mean, I've the, heard. The, the prequels do have their moments. I don't want to like just I've, shit all over. Them. I will shit all over. Them. <laughs> they, they, they have their moments. Like there are some exciting scenes in in each one of those films. I'm not gonna like say that they're just completely garbage. And they have some really interesting designs in them. Okay, um, Return of the Jedi. You rebel scum. You rebel scum. May not be the best of the trilogy. Definitely has some of the like best little side characters. You know, just, yeah, you see, you know, like you I, I hear little... a lot of people saying that Return of the Jedi is their least favorite in the original trilogy. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite. Man, it is really hard for me to say that because the amount of love I had for Return of a Jedi when I was a kid. It's like I to me, Return of the Jedi and Star Wars are just right neck and neck. Because I can watch, I can watch Star Wars now and be like, "Oh yeah, that's better than Return of the Jedi." But then if I watch Return of the Jedi, I'm, I'm going, "Oh no, man, I really like that. It's really good. It's not as good as Empire, but it's really good." I think the first one was probably my least favorite there for a while, and then I got older. But that kid love just comes back every time I watch Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah, I mean, it's got a lot. Of, like, I like, I like a lot of the aliens. I can aliens remember, I can remember gasping when. Leia gets shot. I remember thinking, holy shit, they killed R2 when R2 goes haywire. Uh, I love the callback line to the I love you, I know. I thought if you're going to make if you're going to make Harrison Ford's Han Solo character bust out I love you to Princess Leia, that's when you would do it, man. Like she shows him that blaster and he's like, "Oh, I, I love you." <laughs> and the way he says it, I was uh, man, I like that. I thought that was a good callback. I know a lot of fans dislike that. I love Why that. would anybody dislike that? Uh, dude, it is great, man. I just it makes me smile. And the way she's like, "I know." No, cuz see that is that is That's a great callback. That's a great moment in the movie and it's great character. That shows a couple that knows each other and is comfortable with each other. This is not a young couple anymore. These guys are well on their way of knowing each other pretty well. Yeah, and they've been through some uh, been through some hard times there. In fact, their entire relationships have been around hard times. I love the look on Han's face when he's she's like, "You're, you're going to go with Luke." I get it. I get it. He's she's like, "He's my brother." What? And he does that little that goofy smile, and then that one Ewok comes up, and he's just like, "Yeah, buddy." <laughs> he gives it that hug. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I you noticed that she didn't go. And by the way, Darth Vader's my dad. Yeah, she didn't tell him that. She doesn't really react at all that Darth Vader's her father, because Luke's like, "Yeah, you know, Darth Vader's my pops," and she's just like, "What?" That's disgusting. She just gives him this horrible look. And then he's like, oh, you're you're my my sister. sister. And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I've always known that. Wait a minute. Does that mean Darth Vader's my dad, too? Hold up. No, she's still thinking about that mom she remembers from when she was little. Yeah. Do you remember your mother? Your real mother? Just a little bit. She died when I was very young. What do you remember? Just... Images, really. Feelings. Tell me. She was very beautiful. Kind, but sad. Like, did he just bring that up just so he could mention the mom? Because he he never... It's just so weird, like... Well, to me, it's like he's... That Luke wants to know about his mom. But, yeah, you know? he, he doesn't know anything about her. So he's saying, do you remember your mom? And she's like, no, not really. Just vague stuff from when I was real little. Yeah, she lost the will to live like two minutes after I was oh, born. Oh, bullshit. There is no way 
no way at all Leia remembers the day she was born. I'm, Bullshit. I'm sorry, like no, but Natalie Portman's Padme character is the worst bitch in the universe. Oh, she just God. gives birth to two kids that are going to need her for the rest of their life. Two kids who are born into peril. <laughs> and she's just like There are Jedi Knights there while they are being born. Guys, I uh I'm gonna have to let these babies just grow up without a mom i just i kind of just don't want to live anymore and, and look i'll 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 spoon feed theories all day long about different stuff i read on the internet but the one about palpatine using the force to make her lose the will to live is full of shit she's selfish she lost her boy she's a bitch just she the worst character in the star wars she doesn't universe. care about these kids at all she's the real sith <laughs> Padme, <laughs> yeah. Palpatine's just trying to look out for everybody. He's like, "Look, all right, um, I don't have enough time to become a Jedi, so I'm gonna go to the dark side." Do you it's know easy what's, route. Do you know what's really sad about that line? Everybody complains about it because it makes her just completely weak. Yeah, it's just like, it's wow, she's like, man, you're just such a bad mother. <laughs> you don't even need it. Like, if he would have just cut that line out, just cut the line out. Yeah, she just died. Yeah, and she's on. She's over there. She's giving birth, and she's dying. And nobody, nothing. Nobody says there's no, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just lost the will to live. <laughs> just cut the line out. Nobody would have questioned it. But you put that line in, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> wow, what a bitch. <laughs> it she is. just totally orphaned her children for why? It is the worst. Thing in the entire Star Wars universe. I hate that so much. It's the worst thing ever, dude. And the, when people sit there and go, oh, episode three, that's the good one of the prequels, I'm just like, what? No. Well, it does have this, 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 and this in it. Like, I, like, I don't understand why Emperor Palpatine would go up to Vader and go, after he has forced him into this robotic suit without any say-so at all. That's a badass fucking scene, though. That is a really cool scene. When they're putting him in the... Suit. Yeah, I like it when they're putting Darth Vader together. That is really cool. I really yeah, I just that. feel sorry for the guy. Like, nobody says, do you want us to do this? They're just forcing him into this thing. He's screaming. Yeah, you know, what's that or, you know... And then... I guess... Why? Yeah. Why would Palpatine tell him, it appears that in your anger you killed her? And that's what actually should have happened. That would have been better. Yeah, I mean, you know, he just accidentally force choked her a little bit too hard, you know, maybe maybe broke well, her spine. Well, that's what, that's or what everybody would have thought happened if they would have just left the robot's line out. Yeah. But it still contradicts Leia's lines later of she remembers her mom. Well, I'm sure in some and I'm sure in the next set of Blu-rays we have come out, she'll <laughs> that line she'll be, will be changed. She'll be like, "I don't remember my mother at all." Oh, wait, there was that one time I have this vague memory of when I popped out of the, her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I was sucking on her teat God as she damn. drew her last breath. Man, I am so fucking glad. Like, there was no scene in that movie where, like, baby Luke and Han or baby Luke and Leia are just born, and then some little kid in a vest walks <laughs> up, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh, hey." Kid Han Solo, meet baby Luke and... I am so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> and he's got, like, a little Chewbacca on, like, a leash. It's uh, like a little Chewbacca pup. Oh, no, well, Chewie bad. was in the movie. Whatever, dude. That's not Chewbacca, bro. 
I refuse to believe that's Chewbacca. Like, I'll, I'll agree with you. We'll we'll just pretend that's Chib- that that's Chewbacca's dad. We'll, yeah, we'll just pretend that's Chewbacca's dad. Otherwise, Wookiees got a really long lifespan. I, we'll be honest, like to the to our to the audience that's listening. Um, and this is this is true. You can ask any of my friends. I bitch about the the prequels all the time. But honestly, when I when I think about the Star Wars universe, and I'm not talking about the prequel, I forget they exist. I've watched a YouTube video about two years ago, and I, I can't find it anymore. But it is amazing. It is a guy he pitched like this is what the Star Wars prequel should be, like as if they don't exist. And he had storyboards and a full story. And in my brain, like I connect that story to Star Wars because <laughs> it makes so much more sense. Way before like episode one ever came out, like I always remember hearing in like the Star Wars magazines and like the Star Wars books and everything that like oh yeah like Darth Vader like falls into a pit of lava and that's that's why he needs to wear the suit like that was yeah I always heard that him and Obi Wan had gotten into a big fight and Obi Wan won yeah there was always lava in that original idea and everything so you know I mean we did get to see it finally it just didn't make any damn sense you know waited. Waited 20 fucking years for that. And <laughs> God damn, dude, you, you realize that? We, we waited 20 years for that. All right, so I guess let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up uh, Jedi here. Um, Benson, final thoughts on Jedi? Well, there'll never be final thoughts on Jedi. I will think about Jedi until the day I die. <laughs> you have this trilogy of movies here that, depending on you know what you believe, Lucas says he has this, he had this grand plan, but... You know, the more you get into, like, the making of it, you're starting to see stuff that just sort of happened. And you're coming into a movie that was that had to tie up a lot of loose ends. It had to, yeah. it had to answer a lot of questions. There's some complaints about the way it's directed. and But overall, I think it serves as a great cap for the original trilogy. I have loved it since I was a kid, and I will continue loving it. I love watching my kids watch it. I'm going to love watching their kids watch it. Ultimately, I have, I have nothing but love for that original Star Wars trilogy. If someone forced me to say, okay, complain about Return of the Jedi, or complain about Star Wars trilogy at all in total, the, the thing I could complain about is the special edition of Return of the Jedi. I, I think Lucasfilms messed with it just a little bit way too much. All the complaints I, I have with this film, very, very, very nitpicky. Um... You know, I mean, this is a really good movie. It's a fun adventure film. I think it's really fast-paced. It does have a little bit of a, a wall in the middle. It kind of it slows down a little bit, but, I mean, dude, once it hits indoor, it's fast. But the it's, beginning's it's, still, fast. it's still giving you information. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's constantly. Yeah, exactly. The story is always moving, yeah. I was just speaking in terms of, like, um, the action stuff, but... Yeah, I really like the the second attack on the Death Star. Like, I really enjoy when they're going through the tunnels there. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting way to make that trench run in the first movie different and visually exciting and, and heighten the risk. Yeah, because now it, you got to hit it and get out. <laughs> and of course, I always love watching the Millennium Falcon go through those tight spaces. So of course, I love that shit. I ate that crap up as a boy. I still eat it up as an adult to this day. I love that shit. Gar. So much love for the Falcon. Oh, so much. 46 hours. <sighs> 46 Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true, buddy. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, so, yeah, I guess this podcast will be released when we are, the day we're going to go see The Force Awakens. Um, looking forward to that movie. 
really love Jedi. I don't, I mean, yeah, it's it's good. It's a fun adventure movie. It, it it does lack a little bit in the story, but you know, we talked to length about why you know why the story here. It's got a lot going on. I don't think it. I don't think it lacks in story. I think it's the end of a story. Okay, it lacks. I guess it doesn't lack in story. It lacks in character development for everyone. Like Empire spoiled us so much, and coming off of Empire, you're always going to have that lull. Because all the characters had something to do in Empire. Well, yeah, but I I just think that in Empire is the it's that middle it's the middle chapter where the character arcs usually happen, and in Return of the Jedi you're getting the end of those character arcs. So yeah. while watching just that movie, yeah, you're like, okay, these characters don't change much from opening scene to closing scene, except for Luke. But if you watch the entire trilogy. You're seeing, oh, this is the end of a character arc for Han Solo. This is the end of a character arc for Princess Leia, Darth Vader. He has a little bit of a change of heart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Luke and Vader in this movie. You oh, know, it's... crap, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. The big moment in Return of the Jedi. But we, we were doing this whole thing of <laughs> when you were a kid, 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 what did you think... <laughs> When Darth Vader suddenly turned around, grabbed the Emperor, and chunked him into the pit. Um, I was disappointed. Really? Yeah, I, I was really disappointed I by remember that. as a real, as a small kid, I was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I was really, I was not expecting that to happen. I was really expecting Luke to be, come Rambo. through victorious, yeah, and I was expecting him to walk out with Darth Vader in some capacity, or Darth Vader was going to die, you know? Now, as an adult, what do you think? Did not see that. Uh, You know, I mean, I've just lived with it for so long. I mean, I don't see how else, how else do you end this story? I mean... And see it now as an adult... I I can't even imagine how else you'd end it. Well, as an adult now, thematically, I think it nails it. Everybody's happy with this ending, I think. You know, it doesn't piss a lot of people off. What What I want to happen in a movie, and what the interesting thing to have happen in the movie that makes me think about it, and and makes those movies grow into movies that... I love for all time are those tough decisions that filmmakers have to make where they are not giving the audience what they want. They they gave they give you what you want and try to fit in their story too. So I don't know. It it works. It works. Yeah, I think I think but I think the perfect ending for this movie, for this trilogy, is to have Luke's decision remaining on the light side affect his father so much that his father then returns. And then it, you know, plays on the name, too, because Anakin was a Jedi, and he also returns as a Jedi at the end of the movie. Return of the Jedi, which Jedi are we returning? It's Luke Skywalker. Or is it Anakin? No, it's Luke Skywalker. Or is it Anakin? No, it's Luke Skywalker. I've had so many Star Wars nerd arguments, it's insane. And, like, I've actually had that same exact argument. And I'm like, well, no, 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 look, once he's Darth Vader, he's not a Jedi. Obi-Wan fucking says that shit. Like we, we you got you got to let that go. But no, no, no. Now you no. said this is this is this is um interesting, guy. For you people at home, we were talking the other day, and I never got into any of the Star Wars extracurricular material at all, really, until maybe like recently. I've looked up some stuff, but mainly to try to get ready for these podcasts. I had never heard the word Sith until the prequels, and you had said you you knew that. That was the word they used. Where did you hear it from? Yeah, it was on the um, it was on Darth Vader's. Uh, I forget what the the toy line was, but I think it was like uh, the Power of the Force or whatever that toy line was before 
the re-releases in 97 happened. On the back of it, it was it was like it's like Lord Vader something Sith. I forget I forget what it but he had, that's the first time I remember seeing Sith Lord. Okay, so on the car. Lucas was working on the prequels. So he'd probably already gotten to the point. Yeah, I don't I don't remember ever seeing it before then, but that doesn't mean that it didn't exist. But that's the first time you know I what? remember hearing well, Sith. While we're we're live on the radio here, I am going to Google search first usage of the word when? Sith. Guys, that's what we're here for. Quality Sith. premium radio and just entertainment. for the record google autocorrected me to the word shit really which you know hey. over sith like i would yeah, i thought like everything was like star wars on the what did is didn't google aren't they doing some promotion with disney right now for the star wars films yeah have you not typed in um go to google type in in a galaxy far far a long time ago in a galaxy far far away what happens have you not done it no. Oh, dude, go to Google, type in misspelled galaxy. Whatever, it'll fix it. Look. You got to get it right. Images from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. More images from a long time ago in a galaxy far, it far away. It turned your Google results into a Star Wars scroll. Ah, nice. All right, cool. Yeah, we're getting this the Star Wars uh, scroll here. I like that. How long are they going to be doing that for? Probably the whole month of December. Yeah, guys, check that out. That's pretty. It's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, Return of the Jedi, good conclusion, good wrap up. I mean, it's still a really good adventure film. Like, I mean, regardless of these little teeny nitpicky complaints and things that we've noticed throughout throughout these years, I don't think that really takes away from the overall quality of the film. I think these are things that you look for or you find when you've watched a film multiple times. And when I say multiple times, I mean. Over 200 times in your life. Uh, the word Sith, I stand corrected here, the word Sith was first used in the novelization of the movie Star Wars as a title for Darth Vader, who was a Dark Lord of the Sith. Boom. There you go. So it's been around since the beginning. I, I, know, it's, I know it's been around for a while, but I did not know it was in the beginning. Because they never say, like, Sith in these. That, that word never comes up in these films. Apparently it doesn't come up in the new ones either. Ooh, really? Well, okay, all right, okay. Vince is just dropping spoiler bombs all over the place. Well, I thought you knew that because they're the Knights of Ren. They're not. They're not called Sith. We talked about this. But they're called the Knights of Ren, but you don't know that they're not Sith. As that as as somebody come out and clearly stated, like, yes, there are no Sith in this movie, and that's not J.J. Abrams because that fucker lies because he's also <laughs> like the same guy. It's like, look, guys, Khan is not in Star Trek Into Darkness. It's somebody else. And we're all like, oh, who could it be? And we go see the movie, and we're like, it's fucking Khan, dude. I See, I don't like it when filmmakers do that. And he's sitting at home going, but I didn't want it to be Khan. I really didn't. I, I don't, I don't, why, don't lie to your audience. Like, if you, just don't tell me. That's okay. Keep me guessing, but don't lie to me. <sighs> see, Star Trek Into Darkness, I got so excited for all the possibilities of characters it could be. I got, I got so worked up and such in a tizzy, and then when I went to go see that movie, it's just like, oh, you know... I didn't really want Khan. I kind of wanted something else. I already, already saw. I already have a good Khan Star Trek movie. Anyway, we're not talking about Star Trek because we're here to talk about the Star Wars. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. And we will return next week with uh, the Force Awakens podcast. So make sure you mark your calendars for that. comes out the 18th of this month, just in case you're living under a rock and didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, thanks you for listening tonight. 
if you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew at gmail.com. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. Make a recommendation for something we should cover or a topic we should talk about. Please do so. All right, so we're going to close out this show tonight with some of John Williams' awesome score from Return of the Jedi. This is track 10 on the second disc of the Return of the Jedi soundtrack titled Victory Celebration in Title. Enjoy! Enjoy! 